If you're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums, is here before you die. This episode, we'll be talking about Sonic Youth, Daydream Nation. In the room, I have Anne. Hey. Rob. I just want to know the exact dimensions of hell. What the fuck? <laughs> and on the line, I have Kyle. So basic. Spirit <laughs> Desire. Daydream Nation is the fifth full-length studio album from the American alternative rock band Sonic Youth, released on October 18, 1988. The producer was uh, Nick Sansono, and the uh, genre is avant-rock. Uh, alternative rock, indie rock, art, post-punk, punk, punk uh, all over the place. I'm going to read from the book, Ignacio Julia. A double vinyl album, Daydream Nation, marked the end of an era for Sonic Youth. Sprawling and vigorous, energetic and complex, the music refined a quest that had started in the New York underground of the early 80s and had experimented a long way with minimalism and hardcore. Through a series of recordings, notably the fascinating Evil and Addictive Sister, the group were naturally headed towards this most definitive statement, the work for which they will surely be remembered, as the band that brought notions such as alternative tunings and noise collage to the contemporary mainstream. Surreal and exacerbated at the same time, sharp and realistic, the album opens with a memorable street scene in the anthemic teenage riot and ends with the conclusive beauty of three tracks that form the final sweet trilogy in between the band rocks hard taking the absorbed listener through the idiosyncratic aesthetic sense and bravado their last work for an independent label daydream nation was engineered by nick sansno at green street recording Manhattan and took the four piece of drummer Steve Shelley, bassist Kim Gordon, guitarist Thurston Moore, and Lee Ronaldo to new level of recognition as scholars of rock's past and original purveyors of a new beginning. The world was ready for another rock revolution at the dawn of the 90s, especially the sleepwalking nation of the title, an American that now seems as remote in time as it is vividly portrayed here. All right, what do we think of Sonic Youth? Daydream Nation. I want to jump out front Masterpiece, and just go, I just want to go, everyone give a, a big old round of applause to Steve, Steve Shelley. He came into his own, guys. <laughs> he did it. Oh, my God. He did He's it. full on, man. Like Now you're hey, a man. Num- number one, record, one of the best rock records of all time. Hands down. Yes. Period. Forever, forever, forever. 
But going through this, which I hadn't done like chronologically with uh, Sonic Youth stuff, mm-hmm. Steve Shelley comes into his fucking own on this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes, man! Like he is the 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 the, the quartet has been has been fucking finalized. Here it is. It's yep. this, and it's fucking amazing. Yep. Also, yeah, Rob, I didn't know jack shit about fucking uh, Krautrock, and now all I hear is fucking, like, Krautrock drums all over the place forever <laughs> and forever. Amen. <laughs> Kyle, yes. Yeah, Summer of 1999 was when I picked up this record. Summer of 1999 was when I picked up this tape, and I don't think I've listened to it since. Mm. Like, yeah, we were living together, yeah. and uh, I bought this on CD. It changed my brain. Yeah. Years before, in like 1993, 94, I think, during the O.J. Simpson trial, when my family was trapped inside of a hotel, um, I bought the Bull and the Heather EP. Uh, my family went to Florida in the summer of 1993, and our van um, stopped working on the way back to Indiana and it was like thousands of dollars of repairs. We were stuck in this hotel room for days and I had like five bucks. So I went to the local mall and bought a Sonic Youth Bull in the Heather uh, EP, which had like four tracks on it, including like an alternate version of Doctor's Orders and some other stuff. And I <laughs> so listened that you to it heard over that and over. You heard Daydream Nation. Yes. That's awesome. For me, this this album was my gateway to Sonic Youth. Because it was so famous that I was just like, oh, this. And then I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, I had that four song like CD EP that I listened to over and over when I was like 14, trapped in a hotel during the OJ Simpson trial. Just watching that every day and being stuck in a hotel and listening to that CD over and over. I mean, everyone watched okay. it, yeah. <laughs> um, but 99, I, summer of 99, when Rob Ross and I were living together, yeah. I uh, picked up this CD. It would have been about the CD. same time. Yeah. Okay. Picked up this CD and... Um, Late high school. Goo at the same time. I picked them both up at the same time. Oh. I just found to this on tape at a gas station in Kentucky. <laughs> no, while you I didn't. Was, I did. I did. It, no. was at, it was at a gas station in Kentucky while I was working a morning you, guys, shop. you know what you sound like? You sound like old people, old men, <laughs> being like, in 1982, I found I this. Am, Talk about the album, though. I literally am an Tell old man. Tell me about I this I am telling you about the album, man. It's, when, it's where I found it. It's fucking and incredible. And then when you listened to it, what did you think? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, wow, this... 1994 Ford Escort speakers aren't the best thing I've ever heard, but man, I sure am glad I have a tape to listen to. God damn it. And a cheeseburger costs 50 cents. Fuck you. Uh, no, uh, Teenage Riot, fucking amazing. Oh what, like, I mean, I'll go through all the songs. You oh, don't have to worry about that. Okay, well, it, 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 it affected me in the way that I was like, God damn, this is a really great record. Why is it going on so long, though? Which is what yeah. I thought with the the tape. I was like, okay, this this seems a little long. I yeah. never okay. ever noticed that about it. Really? Yeah, I like I didn't even when I was re-listening to it like this last week to kind of get ready. I was reading about it. I was like, this is a double album. Oh yeah, I guess it is. But like, it didn't even register with me because I'm just so caught up. And I think like 
it said that like Thurston Moore's writing style is very like jam based or whatever, mm-hmm. which I hate jamming. I'm not a jam guy, right? He will he will say they're into improvisation. <laughs> they leave jamming to the jam bands. I mean, yeah, like, and that's the thing. I like this. I don't like jamming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But there's something about it that's so cohesively contained within itself. Like it, it just moves so smoothly through its whole landscape that like it doesn't feel. It feels like a flash, like it's just over, over and over again for me. And I I get that as well. And I took the time out this time listening to it to pause at the spots where you flip the record. Oh, fun. And it really makes a difference. Yeah. Like as far as like breaking Mm -hmm. up the sides. Uh Um, And it it, It gets composed really well that way too. So, so good. It's so Does does the CD emit any tracks? The I, CD. I just no. remember listening to the CD. No, CD does not emit any tracks. No. I think it, th- this comes in at what? Uh, an, an, hour. an hour and ten minutes, maybe? An hour and one minute. hour and one minute, yeah. And some change. Or at least that's what I... Uh, seven, 70 minutes. What? Because I um, listened to the CD So an hour and ten minutes. You're right. Uh, Sorry. In my little room. I flipped it. Rob, when we lived together. I was one cooler of- than you. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite albums... All time. Hell yeah, Just buddy. this one, for sure. He's it's an incredible record, yeah. So good. It it has the has everything they've been culminating from their early works, um, which I'm glad you guys got to get, you know, maybe you didn't like or it was no, I, so-so I, on, I like, loved, I loved both of them. on Evil and Sister, but then it shows, like, where they are, where they're going, and then where they're, like, the, the future of Sonic Youth to be a little more pop oriented once they get to a major label. This is, they were still on, uh, they had switched labels from SST to a, a Enigma at mm-hmm. this time. Uh, and maybe Ooh, the Enigma, that's a weird label. Yeah. They had ties to EMI and the reason that they wanted to do it. Um, Thurston couldn't recall why they actually like the whole process of getting off SST, but he said that Paul Smith, uh, who's from Nottingham, came over and he wanted to put out albums. Just a rich guy from Nottingham wanting to uh, put out Sonic Youth records. And he, they were always disappointed with SST because it it seemed so lax. Like the, the management there, it was like, oh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll ship the records whenever. Or the, they would go to record they stores. They push it in the way that they needed it to Well, they pushed, just yeah. didn't have it. Like they would go to record yeah, stores. Yeah, talking about SST like, a lot. Yeah, yeah I mean... And once that happened, you know, Thurston was like, it wasn't about, you know, major labels. We just saw them becoming doing the same bullshit that major labels were doing. And we we're like, well, at least with this, you get paid for- this will get paid and <laughs> yeah. we'll have records to sell, you know, right. and, instead of like ha- sort of half assing it. Also, they said the SST was signing like 30 new bands instead of actually like helping them put out the the artists that they had already, you know, signed like Dinosaur Jr. and uh yeah. and uh, Sonic Youth. But yeah, they recorded it, uh was it Green uh Street Studios. RIP Green Street Studios. Yeah, which was like Philip Glass's studio uh, uh, back in the day mm-hmm. and and like numerous other artists and they said that you know this was they paid a thousand dollars per day for three weeks which is like twenty one thousand dollars yeah he said total al- was 30 right thirty thousand yeah. dollars ultimately it was the first like non-economical record that they had done and they worked with the producer because uh currently it was a you know uh nick 
Sensino, uh, because he was doing like a public enemy and he was doing like sort of hip hop records and they wanted something that would sound, you know, just interesting and different. So they went with him. It does sound interesting and different. Yeah, they did. I mean, later on, Thurston was like, yeah, it could have been recorded a little bit better, uh, especially on, uh, what was it? Uh, Rain King. He's like, "My, my guitar sounds like a... Rotten strings on a two by four, but I mean that song's so good. I mean, yeah. you know what it reminds me of though? Um, it reminds me of "Move On" from Lodger. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, cool, bro. For sure. That's totally cool. Yeah. I never thought you'd say something so cool. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten to the burn segment of. <laughs> oh. The, so the ins- like uh, the the previous records they were always in a crunch you know to do the thing this had a little more lax on the writing process they could do these a little, little more time at least yeah, yeah long jams um, and some would last just like an hour and a half uh, Henry Rollins was at a lot of some of the jams and he was just like I love it I love the improvisation stuff they do well because that was part of the motivation for the record right is that they what wanted was he doing to- there. Just friends. Be in Henry Rollins. Yeah, was Lydia Lunch there? <laughs> uh, I think she was like touring Europe at this time. But Good. he was saying that their previous records hadn't captured their live sound. Yeah. And that he loved yeah. watching the improvisation of the live shows. And I think that they were trying to lean more into that with this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they did a little bit with like uh, Expressway to Your Skull, which mm-hmm. was like yeah. their big sort of breakout and for people to take them more seriously at that time. But this one, they could go off on these weird, you know, improvisations, um, especially with songs like Total Trash, where it like breaks down. Compl- so, oh my God. Can we talk about Total Trash? Yeah. Yes, I was watching some YouTube stuff. I just needed to. Rob, you and I saw um, Sonic Youth live I in like 98. Oh, so that was another Rob. Whoops. <laughs> Your other Rob? Shh, don't talk about him in the front cool of us. <laughs> so where did you see them? What was it like? It was um, like 98. Mm. Uh, so um, what was that record in 98? It was after Washing Machine. Um, who was the poet that they were did a whole record about? Oh, A Thousand Leaves. A Thousand Leaves, yeah. So we, we I remember going to see that. That was the only time I ever saw Sonic Youth. And they pretty much just played that record and like came out with Death Valley '69 as like a like a, a, a bonus, yeah, yeah, as a closer. <laughs> yeah, nice. They, which I mean, I mean, Thousand Leaves wasn't my favorite record, you know, when I saw them, and yeah. I was a little, I was a little, a little sour about it. But um, uh, yeah, I was looking up tracks from this like live versions and Judas Priest, like Sonic Youth. In the early nineties, like yeah, playing giant festivals, you know, sounding like a million dollars, like with really good um amplification, you know, playing these giant festivals. They sounded really good. This is amazing. I saw this yeah. uh they did this for a pitchfork music yeah. festival. We went to see oh they did the whole album they did the entire yeah you caught it daydream yeah. nation yeah in chicago mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. it was wonderful it was really good wow they even did... tired after a whole day it was like fucking amazing yeah, yeah. nice yeah, they... humble brag yeah i mean no i'm just i'm saying. not bragging i'm just saying <laughs> they 
it, this was after their guitars and amps had been stolen. They didn't have the original oh, yeah, sort of guitars. That. And I was, I was a little like hesitant being like, well, what's it going to sound like? But it wasn't exact, uh, obviously, but I mean, it, it sounded great. I mean, That's surprisingly cool. they went back and, you know, learned everything very, they did know, a fucking great job. They did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> and Thurston actually, you know, when he was interviewed to, about you know going back he's like oh are you nostalgic for this and he's like actually i'm just trying to figure out like what the fuck i was playing i i didn't have yeah uh you know we don't play all these songs all the time so um yeah you've got a fucking like rack of guitars that are pre like set up the the same way that you would set up a fucking piano like for uh for for being a, a a weirdo just like i'm just gonna shove a bunch of bullshit into the strings and this is what this guitar sounds like you know like yeah uh so it was a a concise effort like sorry a conscious effort to make it a more expansive album they said they knew from the get-go it wasn't just that they were writing a bunch of songs they were they wanted to make a statement at this time It, it was like the right time for them they had the money and i think they just wanted to say okay well, we do. We can do these longer jams, and we can do. They want to do more authentic record yeah. of what they wanted to sound like instead of what yeah. they, what a record means. They succeeded, yeah. Yeah, ah, oh, so good. Like I said, yeah, um, I got this this record and goo like the same day. I was like, yeah, let me buy some. Sonic it's a games. it's a good pairing for sure. Uh, let's go through the songs though. Titles. Yeah. So Teenage Riot, wonderful, iconic, wonderful, iconic like, uh, opening track. Yeah. Just, I, I was trying to think: is this the song that they'll be remembered for? Like if like when someone thinks about Sonic Youth, is this the song? Am I? Is that there smells like Teen Spirit? I kind of think it is. I don't. I don't. I, I don't I know. Like I, I th- always think of Silver Rocket. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. yeah S- Silver Rocket as well. Um, yeah. Silver Rocket. Oh my God. And, I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, they're, I'm not, they're anyway. both great. No. Uh, <laughs> Listen. <laughs> let, let's just say every song on this record is fucking great. Yeah. That double yeah. time on the hi hat on Silver Rocket. Um, oh. But yeah, like uh, Teenage Rocket into. Or wait, wait. T- Teenage Riot into Silver Rocket. Wait, we uh, didn't talk about Teenage Riot. Oh, here we here we go. Um, it's a it, it's a really nice uh, guitar riff. Yep, a uh, song is about Jay Mascus as the president of the oh, United that's States. That's the one about oh. him being the president. I love Excuse it. Excuse me, what? It's yes. an imagination of him being the president. Yes. Of because in the please in elaborate the, in the musical mm-hmm. universe we're inhabiting in this improvisation session, like. He's the president. <laughs> yeah, I've never We're heard about this. We're going forward before. to this type of world. <laughs> yeah, it's it's loose, obviously, but he'd it's, be a good president. Uh, he'd be. I mean, uh, he would he would be a presidential person. 
Uh, it was inspired when uh, Thurston was out on tour with Jay Mascus, which they took out on tour, you know, many times yeah. when they were, yeah. you know, buds. And uh, he went back to his his home, uh, you know, where he originally lived and, you know, his family's home. And he went to Jay Mascus room, which just looked destroyed. Like there were magazines everywhere. It just looked like something had happened in his like old childhood room and that's where Thurston was like this is like a teenage riot like you just destroyed your own room like you just blew everything up and then left yeah, yeah. but he was so mild mannered that it was like something clicked in Thurston's mind to be like oh like this is yeah oh, I love we're, that. we're moving past the the sort of idea and and yeah I think it, it, it personified you know what was going on at the time. They knew that there was sort of a cultural shift from this, mm-hmm. what dinosaur junior, you know, dinosaur music to the stadium rock to this new. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Subculture. That's the thing. Like earlier you said, this is popular for them, but it's almost like, I feel like they're like breaking the ground of what makes this popular later. Right. Yeah. Like all the grunge things that follow. Have you like ever happened seen the, uh, the, the, the film, uh, the year punk broke, no. From oh, yeah. 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, we'll, we'll definitely Sonic have, Youth and Nirvana. On yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we need to uh, jump yeah. into that before. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I Here, mean, this is definitely like leading totally completely into that. One hundred percent. Like everything that's happening here becomes huge later, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, it's, in some ways, there's such a joy in hearing this because it's like also very intentionally like artistic and kind of esoteric. It's not. Like, it's still Sonic Youth. Like, it has that element to it. So, yeah. It's just great. Uh, Silver Rocket. uh, Thurston says it might be his favorite song uh, because he was always trying to be in a hardcore band. (laughs) Like, like that was his contribution to Sonic Youth is he was always wanted to be in a noise hardcore band. And, like, Silver Rocket smoked so hard. It's one of his favorites. Yeah. Yeah. But I I agree with, I agree with him. I had a cross the breeze as the hardcore song, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, the sprawl, uh, which is after silver rocket, it was uh, inspired by science fiction writers, William Gibson, including, uh, neuromancer, right? Yeah. Neuromancer, uh, it has to do with, uh, the future mega city through the internet. Yeah. Boston to Atlanta, things like that. Uh, and then, yeah, we get to cross the breeze, which on side two, uh, yeah, a lot of black metal people, I guess, say that's like one, uh, like an inspiration for them. That's wonderful. I love it. For Cross the Breeze. I'm going to jump back to the sprawl. It ends yeah. with a, a really nice mm-hmm. 10 count. Like that, oh, that, okay. that, that outro is just a six and a four and then repeats itself over again. I, I, I listened to this record a lot like this week <laughs> and I just started nice. counting things out because like yeah. it, I, I like to count. That's yeah. great. Yeah. There's so no. much to count within this. <laughs> also, I I love Kim Gordon's like intro to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so every like every every time she speaks is just every like, time she's incredible. the coolest person who's <laughs> ever so lived. Cool. I could I could never <laughs> couldn't even look her in the eyes. <laughs> it's like, uh, so good. Yeah, across the breeze has some oh of the God. great. The great lyrics. Now you think I'm Satan's daughter. I want to know, should I stay or should I go? Oof. Uh, yeah. 
Well, the the sprawl is about her just, like, getting hit on, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird. Fuck you. That's the only part that turned me on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Does that sound simple enough? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. Are you for sale? (laughs) Coming down the store. Uh, Next one, Eric's Trip, uh, Ronaldo song, which has... uh, I don't care much for the wall in this. Okay. That's the only like my only uh, minor quibble is the wall guitar on this this track. Interesting. Yeah. I also remember there being some like lame band. I remember getting like sub pop magazines. Yes. Like physical catalogs. <laughs> yep. And there was a band called Eric's Trip. Yes, and was there like, was. Oh no. Yeah. Ha- seem to have yeah. shared traumatic memories. I did about the this. exact same thing. I was like, oh, they must like Sonic Youth. And I was like, nope, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, it was fine, but it was just, it, it takes a lot to name yourself after a Sonic Youth song, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a... Especially um, that early, good God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I mean, lyrics... You want to be like Mouth Breather or something, yeah. you know. It's fine. <laughs> the lyrics pertain to uh, Eric Emerson's LSD-fueled monologue in Andy Warhol's movie Chelsea uh, Girls, which is a weird movie, and yes... It, it, it makes a lot of sense, though, for that. Uh, after that is Total Trash to in, in the Side, which is beautiful. Total Trash is... Might oof. be my favorite song on the record. It is a smoker. Real good. Just the... And I, 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 I talked about it a little bit on the chat, but like just the deconstruction of that song that happens. <clears throat> like, uh, you... You don't get Brainiac without Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Brainiac in uh, in Cross the Breeze, and there's a shit ton of Brainiac in Total Trash. Mm-hmm. Just the the guitar tuning and just it's so it's so good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that one live is just chaos. Um, yeah. When they yeah. when they play that live, Absolutely. it's just like they'll go off for. However, I mean, it might be a minute, might be two minutes, but usually it it spans to eight to ten minutes of that yeah. deconstruction, and then it comes back in, and you're like, "Where did I go?" Like right. major vibes. All the threads pulled out. It's just like there's so much happening that they're. Yeah. Mm. Also, it has one of the 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 best of the uh, <clears throat> the little guitar riffs. Yeah, and then in with that wow, yeah, like just. Ah. 90s the 90s the 80s <laughs> yeah i guess but it becomes yeah. the 90s right yeah that, that's what's so incredible too it's just like leading us it there it certainly is it is uh, the, oh just man following that pied oh, fucking piper <laughs> this fucking band and their importance can't be overstated my god hey joni speaking uh, of your lady <laughs> yeah hey joni hell yeah About hey that. joe I mean, Joni. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's wuzzle these two things. Uh, titled as a tribute rock standard, Hey Joe, and the Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell, sung by Ronaldo. Uh, surrealist lyrics, uh, including shots ring out from the center of an empty field. Joni's in the tall grass. She's beautiful. Mental jukebox, a sailing sailboat explosion, a snap of electric whip crack. Yeah, it also alludes to the works of William Gibson, Neuromancer, uh, with the line, in this broken town, can you still jack in and you know what to do? Yeah, they're really into sci-fi, William Gibson, and obviously Philip K. Dick, and nothing about that one. 
I love that it, it starts off, it like kicks off in a, it was so rocking, and then just like Ronaldo's like, kick it! Yep. Just kills me. <laughs> I love problems. Once again, we are, we are doing um, goo. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we, 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 we got goo and dirty coming up, buddy. We got it. Uh, Providence, I love it. It's uh, just a noise answer machine going through uh, fucking reverb. Mm-hmm. I love, because when I was listening to it, I was like, is this somebody's dad? <laughs> but it's the Minutemen guy. Mike Watt. Mike Watt. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, no, okay, nice. that makes perfect sense. But like, also, I was just like, this sounds a lot like a dad. <laughs> I guess yeah. with Firehose? <laughs> yeah, they well, they... They they brought him out and be, after you know mm-hmm. D Boone died and mm-hmm. they they wanted Mike to get back into um, playing and and he played on a couple of songs with them you know that's what the Chicone Youth stuff is yep. and they were just trying to help him out and just be like hey you can still be in a band and we want to be here for you and, yeah. and and things like that and then yeah they toured with a uh, fire fire, fire hose. hose yeah. We'll be um, talking about them. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this song also contains the sound of a PV Roadmaster amp overheating and a pair of telephone messages left by Mike Wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the, got such, it sounds so, yeah. It sounds great. It's wild. Is the sound, <laughs> is that the PV overheating? I think so. I, I couldn't really uh, pick it out because it's just so, so weird. Uh, and then, of course, Candle. One of my favorites on the record, too. Great. Great track. I'm a, I'm a keyboard boy. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot to say about keyboard tones mm-hmm. and uh, tuning. I don't really understand what's happening <laughs> consistently with these guitar tunings. Aside from, like, it's just a really good riff. Like, mm-hmm. But I don't even know if, I don't even know if uh, Sonic Youth would call it a riff. Yeah. I mean, they have... They call, uh, I know they say they mix parts and yeah. So they have riffs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, Rain King is after that to close out, uh, side three, three. three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I, I loved, man. Rain King. I, yeah. I remembered. Yeah. It, it, it hit a bit harder this time. Just like listening again. I was like, wow, this is really it's really wild. I can't believe Thurston doesn't like his guitar on that, but it sounded really good. And then, of course, Kissability. Oh, fucking banger, dude. Oh, my Com- God. Complete fucking banger. And then going into the trilogy, yeah. or the triptych, the or whatever. The trilogy. Yeah. yeah. God, fucking Eliminator Jr. Yeah. So, <laughs> trilogy goes The Wonder, Hyperstation, and Eliminator Jr. Mm-hmm. Wonder is, again, a... From literature, James Elroy's phrase about the mystery at the heart of Los Angeles, uh, when Moore's just talking about wandering around. Um, but yeah, Elroy is complicated and kind of incredibly hard to read, so I would not recommend him. But if yeah. you read him, Brown's Requiem. No. But yeah, he's like he's a. It's like a very um, rough. <laughs> It's rough, rough noir stuff. Like it's very um, rough, dark. rough noir stuff. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to. <laughs> it's hard to encapsulate. I'm trying not to say dark, right? But it's like very sad. <laughs> noir by its very nature. His parents dark. were murdered, and all his work is interrogating that. And there's a lot of like 
yes or no self-aware stuff about like sexuality and like it's just it's really intense to read hmm. um so and which kind of speaks to how i feel about one of the things i really love about sonic youth is how there's this sinister edge to like what they're doing a lot of the time absolutely yeah and like so it makes sense to me they would read elroy and re- resonate with him in some ways right but mm-hmm. it's also not for everyone <laughs> like i don't yeah. know yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> no. And then, uh, yeah, Wonder Hyperstation, which is love it. Mm. Love Hyperstation. So good. So good. <laughs> Titular. It's yeah, exactly Titular. Yes. Yeah. And and like the idea of a daydream nation is exactly like what we hear in this album and what's mm-hmm. happening. Like yeah, what's happening and then like what continues to happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Eliminator Jr. My favorite part about <laughs> Eliminator Jr. might be because it was uh, about learning half of a ZZ Top riff. Yeah. <laughs> it's ZZ Top and Dinosaur Jr. combined, right? Yeah. And it's funny, when I was reading that, I was listening to a different track, and I was like, I can kind of hear that in this album in general, right? Yep. Like, there's this ZZ Top awesomeness, like, rock sensibility, and then there's this, like, driving Dinosaur Jr. thing happening, too. It's like, it's just... Yeah pulling all these elements in, right? There's so many references in this because it's just combining a lot of things. I understand. Um, it's great. Bert, you got a favorite track on the record? Ooh. You know, I come back to Teenage Riot to tell you the truth. Um, there are plenty of good songs on here, but I, I was trying to this week to pick out, like, what would be the Sonic Youth track? Like, if, if you were just to tell some someone... This is what Sonic Youth like sort of represents. I feel like that's a pretty good one. Um, although Total Trash, I feel like gets into their like noise, just like avant noise kind of breakdown of a song a, a bit better. Mm-hmm. But I just the the songwriting on uh, Teenage Ride is is pretty good. How about you, Anne? You got to stand out. <laughs> I don't know. I, do, I really love Total Trash. Yeah. Me too. I yeah. fucking to, love it. To tell you the truth, like, Ronaldo's songs always, like, really give me a gut punch, too. Hey, Joni, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Eric's Trip, like, Rain King. It, there's something about him that has, a, like, a very... It, it it does go a little more, like, Dinosaur Jr., like, like fast and fast and furious kind yep. of uh, vibe. How about you, Kyle? What do you think, Kyle? Oh, um, probably track two. Yeah, Silver, Silver Rocket. Rocket. Silver Rocket is so yeah, good. it's an amazing yeah. track. Oh God. Yeah. It's beautiful. Teenage Riot's great, but once you get to Silver Rocket, it's like, <laughs> oh my God. You need the one-two punch. I feel like I it's yeah. it's interesting to think. Yeah, like what would it feel like if I had never heard? And then you get to the trilogy, and it's like, mm. yeah, man, that that side four is unfuckwithable. Yeah. yeah, this Perfect. whole record is like a ride to me. I mean, yeah. Over twenty years later, like listening to it from the first time I heard it, yeah, this record's amazing.
think I sat down and listened to the entire record since I was about 20. When's the last time you picked this up? Or put it on as like a, 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 full, a full, full listen, is what I mean. Yeah, when we talked about Evil, you know, like a while ago, I listened to it again. I fucking love Sonic Youth. Are you kidding me? Cool. And I, I guess you, you two are pretty consistent. We just get the, up uh, and have breakfast and listen it, it, to this. <laughs> this is what happens? Yeah. No, we're not allowed to listen to word music before I've <laughs> worked on stuff. He's a very patient man. Um, no word music <laughs> until I've worked on stuff. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> Can I have that as a song title, please? <laughs> yeah, take it. You're welcome. Um, no, but I don't. Like we probably, we had a Sonic Youth Eve a while ago, like a couple of years ago, I think. Somewhere in the pandemic, we did. Oh yeah, no, I, mean, I remember like yeah. um, I consistently put on Sonic Youth. I listen to this okay. every because it's just so good. Every like, few, every few months, at least. It's very good. I just don't. I'd say maybe once a year for me. It doesn't. It draws me in when it's on. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not a thing that I have like, oh, I need to listen to this now. But well, when I listen to it, I'm like, yeah. You're yeah. not into super psychedelic rock. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Without synthesizers. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like Sonic Youth to me feels like an experience and that sort of psych rock element. Okay. So it's also the rare thing with words that I can listen to and feel like I'm still like thinking and working, right? Like it's got... It's got a lot of room in it to think. No, I remember like hanging out with uh, Birch you and you're like, it's like two in the morning, you're high and you're like, it's time for some Sonic Youth, smoke yep. some weed. That's fucking right. Yep. And it, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, Rob, uh, me hanging out with you at two thirty in the morning is a little different. We don't we don't listen to Sonic Youth. We could. What do you listen to in excess? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, probably. it's probably like it's probably Iron Maiden. Honestly, like it's it, Iron. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> two thirty in the morning is a it's, weird time. It's some goofball metal band. <laughs> Always. I mean, well, that's good too. That's fine too. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, I love it all. It Some just th- depends on your night and how you're vibing. Sometimes you need a te- teenage riot. Sometimes you need to run to the hills. I don't know. Yeah. But the thing about Sonic Youth is it's just, like, incredible art in a lot of ways. So it, it kind of knocks inc- you out of your brain. Yeah. And that, that's something that's a beautiful thing to access, whether it's really late or you're just, like, trying to listen to something that moves you in a certain way, it right? Had, it had been Otherwise, so- wimps and posers leave the hall. Exactly. Thank you, <laughs> Kyle. You get it. You get it. Enemies of metal, your death is our reward. You get it. You get, you get it. it, bro. All but, right. But get, getting sorry, just just jump jump back in on this one. Like it's it had been so long since I'd listened to this like in its entirety, and it and this is the first time with headphones. Oh. Like, it, it was oh, doesn't it sound so good? Yeah. My dear lord, we were this, just little babes. It sounds so fresh. Mm-hmm. Still sounds fresh. We, we were just little babies, just babies, man. So fresh. And it's it's a it's a testament to the songwriting. It's a testament to the production. It's it, it, it's it's just a testament to the fucking band as a force of fucking nature, like knocking down the door of uh, what rock and roll can be. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and man, what a what a f- what a wonderful um, statement. 
Robert Kreisko. What does he do? The village voice? He does the village voice. Kreisko. Yeah. Kreisko's encapsulation of this is like the most like poetic y, like ephemeral thing he's ever said. It's kind of adorable. <laughs> it's like he doesn't know how to burn on it. Well, he, like, <laughs> the, the stick was ever so slightly removed from his, his ass on the last one. Okay, okay, got it. Sorry. This is what I'm going to talk about. Okay, the album was ranked high on the critics' year in list, 1980, the best records being voted second in the Village Voices annual Pats and Jop poll. Uh, so, yeah, Sonic Youth was actually very excited. They were touring Europe at the time, and they heard about that, and they were like, wow. We like, made it. We made it. We like, made those it. cranky like people, New York motherfuckers finally recognized us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it was a big, a big deal for them to, to be mm-hmm. recognized in that way. Um, the first one was, of course, uh, Public Enemy. Takes a nation of millions. Absolutely. Hold us yeah. back. Uh, that was also... Uh, they had mentioned that that was like what was going on at the time. The album that everyone was playing was Public Enemy. And so that was a big influence actually on this album mm-hmm. just because it was a new, exciting thing that, um, uh, you know, people hadn't really uh, done before. Yeah, that's awesome. Because it's like, how do you aggress- How do you exist in that same space, right, musically? Right. Yeah. Also, Sonic Youth... Thurston had said that they were really at this time trying to figure out how what can be validated as a song within like uh, the context of um, yeah music. Es- essentially, they're like, well, what what do we consider a song? And it doesn't have to have a chorus, verse, chorus, or whatever. So that's that's kind of where they were going into the transition and what they were thinking about at the time. Beautiful. I mean, well, with, we're listening to Campbell right now, and mm-hmm. he's asking me what can be a song. I'm going to say, well, probably the fucking callbacks yeah. of of themes. What can be a song? Fuck you. Like, what can be a pop song? Sure. What can be a song? Get, get the fuck out of here. That, that, that's not a real question. Well, and and there's, nothing, there's, not, there's nothing on this record that is not an encapsulation of an idea that is a song. But it's a it's a it's a question that harkens to like their deconstructionism, right? Yeah, it, it because harkens. it's it's like exploring the idea that we take it apart and put it back together, right? It, it's it's what Velvet Underground was essentially saying at the yeah. same time in nineteen eighties. No, no, <laughs> was sorry. essentially saying in their time. In their time, yeah. Again, <laughs> they have a song structure. Yeah. And yeah, there there there's a there, there's deconstruction and rebuilding of the thing, but it always like it, it always ends there's no end to any one of these songs that is just a fucking like deconstructed mess. Like it's built back up to the, to to the yeah. end point. Yeah. It's so, intentional, it's well written, so I don't get mad at it because I fucking hate jamming, yeah. which is less intentional, right? That's different than improvisation, I guess. Uh Daydream Nation has become the personification of what makes uh, how you defined an indie fan. Uh, according to Pitchfork, they were saying, indie, quote, indie f- fans love Daydream Nation because loving stuff like Daydream Nation is part of how we define what indie fans are. Interesting take, sure. I don't necessarily agree, but I don't disagree. I guess it's the willingness to explore something that's out of the mainstream, right? So it's like esoteric enough that it's not 
accessible in the same way that maybe like pop music is exactly or, like, radio hits are mm-hmm. and so like the willingness to also i think album listening to me like a lot of what i've been listening or thinking about through the whole project is like how hard it is now for me to listen to like shuffle bullshit of like songs like yeah. i need an album or like a dj or a radio person who's intentionally like putting songs together is great but when it's like a mishmash it just makes me fucking furious yeah. right and so there's an element of that that's like in there too maybe this is a piece yeah. that leads into itself and harkens back to itself it's like a a whole cloth thing yeah i don't know i i don't quite understand the uh <clears throat> unless you're like railing against the algorithm trying to <laughs> trying try to tell you what's what and then you thumbs down it and then it's like oh she doesn't No, like it's it's like context when i i can't control when i'm listening to someone's shuffle essentially okay <laughs> it's like so so when a drunk kyle erupts out of the the corner <laughs> and then no like when i'm swimming at the pool <laughs> or something it's like somebody playing a shuffle <laughs> the way people i think experience music a lot i go i exercise at the pool and people play oh okay music We're so doing... like when i'm listening to that it's horrifying not even because i dislike particular songs but because it's just like this here's some songs by the who and the clat it's just like a mishmash and there's no intentionality about like what songs pair with each other and like how they lead to each other okay. it's just like like this is a beautiful piece of work that mm-hmm. references itself and has the same sound and like it's just so much harder to listen to shit <laughs> if you listen to albums a lot, I guess. No, right? th- no, that's like, real. That's real. <laughs> I just I have no. It also depends on the album anymore. that you're listening to. Sure. Because this is not an easy like normie like. Oh, I'm gonna listen to a record. Let's pick up. Yeah, the, the information. Like they're the, not gonna play this at the pool. It's right, true. <laughs> of, of course not. And 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 with that, like you you you've already done the investment of time to like mm-hmm. wrap your brain around what's going on. Like right. W- and with that growth comes the disdain for like generic pop sure. and everything else that comes with it. So like by simply by enjoying this. You've uh, <laughs> you've you've made your life more horrible outside of like the comforts of these cans. But that's maybe what pitchfork means too, right? Like buying into this idea of listening to something that's challenging. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think it it what they're trying to say is challenging yourself and recognizing this sort of this this kind of album is the is what makes you like an indie fan. If you had to pick one album to say like, this is what it means to like alternative, like music, like in dig deeper, this is a pretty good one. Oh yeah. I mean, you could say something like, Oh, well Nirvana's nevermind is there, but that just, this is the inflection point before that happens. Right. Right. Like this, this bridges what leads to that and what happens after. Like you could say maybe dinosaur junior something too. I mean, it, it, it doesn't have to be the only album, but it definitely is, like, one of them. It's definitely one of them. Um, and it's one of the earlier ones, too. Yeah. So no, And I, something they've been doing, too, for... Right, right. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the culmination of years of work. And they they somehow managed to make a pop, like, record out of 
just noise shards. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Beautiful. All right, what are we talking about next time? Oh, you tell me. All right, next time we'll be talking about the sugar cubes. Life's too good. All right, thanks. Started the time